Hello again. Welcome back to our podcast. We are beginning a new series today with our friend Marcia Moorhead. So hi, Marcia, and thanks for, for joining us. Hi, good to be here. Thank you. So, and Jason is still with us as well. Jason's going to kind of be, if you're familiar with podcast lingo and, and roles, Jason's going to be our producer and he may be jumping in from time to time, but he's still here as well. So hello again, Jason. Hey, good to be back. And uh, it's another beautiful day in COVID-19 quarantine, I guess. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hi, Jason. Hey, Marcia. We we took a break last week, as we had said, and we're kind of between series, but we're picking up a new series today that Marcia is going to be facilitating for us and, and sort of putting together some material for us to be uh, discussing and engaging, and so we're very grateful for her for that. If if you are new to the Vine or, or just kind of have picked up our podcast somewhere along the way, Marcia has led us through a couple of, of series with the Enneagram as, as part of offerings that we have at our church and has done several things for us just in the, just in the ways of, of spiritual disciplines and, and formation and is a uh, a blessing to, to our church family and to the work of our church in many ways. And so, Marcia, I'm grateful for your willingness to sort of take this on in this interesting and new format and see what we could come up with. Oh, thank you. I'm... Uh excited about it and look forward to doing that although i did have some initial resistance um but i think it's going to be fun i think so um and so maybe let's let's start there for a minute with what from your perspective as a facilitator some of this may be obvious but i think it may get to to some of what we're going to talk about later as well from maybe a little bit of a different angle what was some of the resistance that you felt to doing this? And what are some of the challenges that go into putting something like this together in this era of, of social distancing? Well, I'm not the most adept at technical things. Um, so the idea of doing podcasts and Zoom and those kind of things initially was a little bit intimidating. Um, but I also thought um, that I'm kind of excited about the idea that we can take a time when we've had to pull back from so many things and expand into our spiritual world a little more. So that part of it, I thought this is like an opportunity, really. Yeah. Um, why, why we feel blocked in certain ways, we are not blocked from our inward spiritual life. And uh, to me, this just is like an invitation to say, okay, uh, you've always promised yourself, and we all have, I'm going to pray more, I'm going to study the scripture more, I'm going to do this or that or the other, and we never do it, or I rarely do it. Um so I, this study to me is saying, um, okay, let's really address that and really uh, take some steps in that direction. And um, the first one I wanted to do was just to directly um, address the fear and anxiety because I have not talked to anyone who has not said, oh, I'm feeling some things I didn't expect to feel. 
that I, I'm not as productive as I planned to be. I thought, oh, this will be a chance to organize my files or clean out my closets or, you know, clear off my desk or whatever it is that we tend to put on the back burner. And then two or three weeks go by and we haven't done any of that. And so, so yeah, we, we're going to talk about fear and anxiety as uh, is, is kind of the 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 premise of, of most of what we'll talk about today. And to to kind of back up a little bit from that and just kind of introduce this series as a whole, the the series is titled "In the Time of Waiting." And if you will, kind of just speak a, a couple of minutes to to the idea of that title. And you, you kind of did just a minute there in in what you just said, but. What do you what do you see as kind of the the purposes and goals of this series as a whole as we think about this time of waiting? Well, we're all we're all waiting. We're all waiting for something to happen for uh, businesses to reopen, uh, to go back to jobs, to um, have a vaccine, to get the virus under control, to whatever it is we. We all feel like we're in some kind of temporary position where we're waiting for something else to happen. Um, but um, as I've said last Wednesday night, all we have is now. Um, we we don't. I mean, we have our experiences of the past, but we can't go back to the past and reconfigure anything. And we try to go to the future and imagine what it might be like, or when this or that happens, then I will do thus and so. But we don't know about that either. So right now, we have now. And that's an opportunity. And that's also a place to meet ourselves and to meet God. Um, so I, I, I just feel like this is, is one of those um, opportunities. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. And, and so, as you said, we're going to kind of kick this, that this series off with the discussion of fear and anxiety. Uh, because as you said, it's, it's something that we're all sort of experiencing and it may, it may manifest itself in some different ways, which is we'll come back to that in, in a minute, but, uh, we're, we're, You've put together a, a handout for each of these weeks, or you're going to put together a handout for each of these weeks, and so we're releasing that at the same time as these podcasts. And so if you're a part of our email list, then you'll get that in email. It'll also be available on our website if you want to access it there. And and so this week's handout uh, touches on some of these um, these ideas about fear and anxiety, how they affect us, and maybe some some tools that, that we can use to, to kind of address some of that. And so I wanted, I wanted to kind of touch on one of the things that you mentioned in that handout, Marcia, that you kind of just spoke to where you mentioned in the handout that uh, you said a recurring theme of these times is that we just can't seem to get things done. And then there are some issues surrounding that as you just kind of spoke to in, in some of your comments just then. Um, and then you, you mentioned after that, after kind of expounding on that, you say this lesson will be about facing our fears. And so it seems like you're kind of connecting there this, this theme that we have of, of being mentally dull and, and kind of experiencing new things and not knowing what to do with some of our thoughts and time and all of that and some of the fears and anxiety that we have. 
uh, that that that's connected to all of that mental dullness and kind of unknown is connected to this kind of fear and anxiety. And so to me, it sounds like one of the things that you're sort of trying to lay out here at the beginning is that fear and anxiety are are roadblocks and impediments for us. And and so do you think that's an accurate reading of that? And if so, can you kind of talk about fear and anxiety as as roadblocks or barriers to whatever it is that I'm moving toward? Yeah. Well, I see fear fear and anxiety are are signals to us. Uh it it's like um we come to a stop sign and we need to to stop and be alert. And I think fear and anxiety is like a, a stop sign. We need to stop and look around and say, what's going on here? Um, the, the fear and anxiety I see more as a contraction than a barrier. Uh, when we're afraid, we contract. And, and, and in fact, it's a physical thing. Our bodies contract. Uh, and our thinking contracts. Uh, we we tend to, to get on a loop of, oh dear, if this happens then, and what about that, and what am I going to do? And then we go around the same loop again, and then pretty soon we're just looping all the time. Nothing new comes in. Uh, we don't look at uh, solutions or possibilities or anything else. We're just on this on this fear track of around and around and around on our same same fears and anxieties and i think one of the important things about this is to face it squarely and say yes i am afraid yes i do feel anxious yes i'm worried about what's going to happen yes i'm worried about my friends and my loved ones and uh what might happen to them if they get sick and we need to look that one squarely in the eye. Otherwise, we're just running from it all the time. And we all have our ways of running. Some of us slow way down and sleep more. Others of us uh, go into accelerated action, sometimes um, not especially productive, but we try to be more productive and keep ourselves occupied so we don't feel our fear and anxiety. Um, and I think this is, I think everybody has some degree of this right now, either that or they've been living in a cellar and they don't, <laughs> they don't know what's going on. <laughs> yeah. And I think, you know, one of the things, and I think we may have even touched on this, you know, back sort of way back at the, at sort of the beginning of some of this, uh, we did a YouTube video with you, Marcia and, and Dave, your husband, and I, as we kind of talked about just kind of some of the medical and psychological, spiritual aspects of, of this whole season way back then. And I remember even discussing then that this is, this is sort of a, it's, it's such a strange kind of season and situation that we find ourselves in. And I think part of the connection to that, to this conversation, again, that we kind of touched on then as well, is that I think part of it is that there's sort of this unknown about like what what are what is it that we are afraid of or anxious about and i think it's it's and i i think for me at least personally there's sort of a struggle in naming that because you know we're in this time of of coronavirus or covid-19 but you know 
that isn't directly affecting anyone around me. No one that I know has coronavirus. I'm not necessarily afraid of getting it. Um, and so, or, you know, what it would do to me, at least, at least, you know, as a fear, that's not something I feel like I'm experiencing. And yet, as you said, we still just have these moments of anxiety or mental dullness. And so I think part of the struggle for us is knowing what to name or knowing what the fear or anxiety is. And, and as you said, that can be an important step in overcoming that. And I was thinking after looking over your handout and stuff, just about how even like, you know, the, the politicians who are really good about capitalizing on fear mm-hmm. are really good about naming what or who it is that you should be afraid of. And if I can attach that to something, right, then we can direct action towards where that politician wants you to, to, to go toward. And, and so we see that capitalized on in a lot of different areas of life. Mm-hmm. And so it seems like that's a particular struggle of this kind of time that we find ourselves in is, is naming that. And, and what am I anxious about? What am I worried about? And am I willing to kind of look inward enough to, to recognize that within myself? When everyone around me is healthy, the weather is beautiful, it seems like things should be going fine, <laughs> how do I name whatever this is that I'm anxious and struggling with? Yes, and, and I think that I'd like to hear Jason uh, speak to this, too, because you're, you're probably on Zoom conferences and phone calls um, with some of your clients, and uh, I'm curious about what you're hearing. Well, I, for me, it's been mostly the... The stu- my students, because I teach at UMHB, and uh, I have had some clients, um, actually most of the clients I've seen have been teenagers, adolescents, uh, who don't have as much anxiety about this kind of stuff. Um, but my, my students are certainly in a position where they don't know what's, ha- what's going to happen. And a lot of times, you know, these are graduate students who have are used to kind of laying out exactly what their, what the next steps in their life are going to look like. And at, at a point like this where, you know, the university gets shut down, all of our face-to-face classes are moved online, our clinic is closed, and so they can't, you know, see their clients the way that they normally would. They can't earn their hours. They don't know when those hours are going to be earned. That's been a, um, a struggle for a lot of them in kind of having this fear of, well, what comes next? What do I do? What action should I be taking right now? And the the thing that I've been trying to emphasize to them is um, I don't have the answer to that question at this point. As, as we develop answers to those questions, you know, we'll communicate that and we'll engage with them in conversation about it. But I, I think more of of the answer to, you know, how do we deal with that fear and that anxiety, that fear of the unknown, that fear of, of losing, of not having control is, um, to have patience and deal with things as you encounter them. I think so often we want to anticipate what's going to happen and anticipate, um, you know, okay, if this problem comes, what do I do? If that problem comes, what do I do? When many times we really can't do that. Even if we have a, a sense of what might happen, I think many times it's just at best a, a guess. Um, and I think having patience to encounter 
you know, questions and problems as they arise, rather than feeling like we have to have a plan for each and every scenario, um, is, is the best way forward. And, and I think that people who are in leadership, such as, you know, the faculty of a university program or, you know, in, uh, the supervisors at a, at a, at a, at a job or something like that, they have the responsibility, I think, to communicate, you know, we don't know what that may be either, but we're, you know, we're committing to being upfront and honest and open communication. Um, so building those lines of communication, kind of emphasizing that we're in this together, that you don't have to go it alone. You don't have to figure out all the answers alone. I think that's really important for people in leadership, but for all of us to kind of just take a step back and say, okay, I don't have to solve every problem right now. That that there may be some problems that I'll just have to deal with as I encounter them, and I can be okay with that. I think that's a, a good line, um, you know, to take. Um, it, it's very easy to get carried off uh, by our fears, mm-hmm. and um, uh, this whole thing about loss of control, I think, is um, very big for us. Plus, we've lost all of our cues that we ordinarily have. Right. You know, we used to say, uh, get up in the morning and get dressed. And we look at our schedule and we're going to do this and we're going to do that. And then we're going to meet so-and-so for lunch. And then we're going to go to this meeting and then and then. And suddenly we get up in the morning and there's not any place we have to go and so we kind of wander around or um whatever i mean just just the normal everyday kind of landmarks um disappear so to to grapple with that and to not simply you know kind of sit down and wait for things to get back to normal um that we say okay this is what's going on in me and i can you know put it out here and blame somebody or be annoyed about uh how this is being handled by this group or that group or this person or that person but somehow we have to bring it home and deal with it inwardly as well as outwardly. So I think saying, you know, here's my fear and uh, here's what it looks like and here's what it feels like is, um, you know, kind of getting our monster out in the open. And I think anytime you bring a monster into the light, it doesn't look nearly as big or ferocious as it does when it's just rolling around on the inside and you're trying to say, no, I'm not feeling that. Uh, no, I'm not anxious or afraid. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's it's facing the reality. Well, and, and I, I've encountered that myself in the sense that, you know, I have learned that I need to be more mindful and self-reflective in times where stress and anxiety and fear could be present because I do have a tendency to deny that in myself to not be so reflective on that and to say and, and the problem with that is that it comes out in other ways you know if you don't 
it directly engage with your fear, if you don't directly address your anxiety, it's still going to come out. It's just going to come out in unhealthier ways and it's going to come out in destructive ways and maybe hurtful ways to people around you. And that's something that over the course of my life, I've had to learn how to do. And, and I've, in my practice, I've seen some pe- a lot of pe- other people struggling with that where we can tell ourselves, oh, I'm not afraid. No, I'm not worried. When we actually are, and what that means is that are we develop a shorter temper, we have less patience with ourselves and less patience with other people, we're more likely to kind of snap and and uh, just, you know, to, to be hurtful or harmful in our relationships. And I think that's a big risk. So I, I do think that part of it is just being mindful and self-reflective and asking myself, how do I feel? You know, Marcia, you, you talk a lot about how things manifest physiologically. And I think that's one way that we have to check ourselves is, you know, how do my muscles feel right now? I don't think I'm anxious or fearful, but do I have that feeling in the pit of my stomach? Are my shoulders tense? Do I just feel like, uh, you know, everybody is annoying me and, and just being obnoxious to me? Um, if so, that might be more of an indicator of how I'm feeling than I may want to recognize. Yeah, and I think, I think that's why you know to to kind of that's why I wanted to kind of get in that direction of of what how do how do we name this and 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 all of that and kind of the struggle that comes with that because I I think you're right and and we may be feeling things that we may not necessarily initially associate with fear or anxiety that that manifest itself though as you said in different ways if that goes unchecked and so recognizing that is is certainly important and i think part of what we're hoping to do throughout this series is to say okay so what are some healthy ways uh that i can be man- uh channeling my energy my my resources and what i'm doing with my time so that i can deal with some of this in in healthy ways and and be aware of of what's happening to my body and what's happening to me spiritually so that I can be be productive. Now, one of the things I've tried to do in this action plan is to uh use some trauma theory. Um I've been uh reading a lot um um trauma theory uh, there's been a lot of research done lately that is really interesting and um the the there's a writing assignment in the handout about writing about your fear and when we say okay i'm going to write about what i'm feeling in my body that tense neck that irritability with other people I'm going to write about, you know, the nightmares I have at night. I'm going to write about how afraid I am that my great aunt, who's in a nursing home, is going to get the the virus, and I haven't seen her recently, and so on and so forth. Um, to get that down on paper, and if we do that, three or four times, then we begin to get more ideas and more creative things that we can do. It is It gets us off that round and round track. And interestingly, if you do this on a keyboard, on a computer, it doesn't have the same effect that you need to write, write it out. Hmm. 
pencil and paper, pen and paper, your hand moving across the paper, somehow that connection with the brain is more effective in sort of helping you uh, get unstuck and move to something that is more productive. Um, the drawing uh, uh, assignment uh, that I put on there about getting your monster uh, down on paper. And um, this one is hard for people because almost everybody I talk to has some kind of story about, well, when I was in the third grade, um, my teacher said I just absolutely had no talent at all when I tried to dry, draw a potted plant or whatever it was. And so we make a decision. We are not artistic. We cannot draw. And so you give somebody a pencil and paper and say, draw your monster. And it's just like they freeze up. And <laughs> the reality is we were all born artists. And we can all express through images. In fact, when we are first born, we don't have language. We're not able to say, my goodness, <laughs> this place is cold. Where's a blanket? We don't, I mean, that's not how we're born. We're born, um, as far as we know, the only thing we have going on in our mind is we're registering sensations and images so when we take ourselves back into a state where we are registering our sensations and we're expressing in images, we're getting to a really basic level on the inside. And so if people who want to work with this action plan to draw your monster, um, it is very helpful in sort of uh, getting you off that stuck place. And so I, I did several ideas, uh, three different action plans. So if you do all three, you'll get maximum effect. It just depends on how much you want to keep your anxiety and fear, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, um, as you were talking about naming your monster and bringing your monster out into the light, I was reminded by, I don't remember the exact quote, but... You know, I remember uh, Alfred Hitchcock used to say about his his kind of theory of of creating tension and and fear within movies was always to just give the hint of the monster or or kind of a, you, you want to keep it hidden for a while. He said because he said you know the monster that the audience member or the the viewer can come up with in their head is always going to be worse than anything I can put into a movie. Um, which I think speaks to that idea that when it's in the darkness, when it's hidden, it becomes a lot bigger than it is whenever we pull it out into the open and into the light. Right. Um, and so I was curious in reading through your, as you said, you, your action plans in this handout, and they are very, um, they're unique. They're they're creative and artistic in, in nature. They, they, they challenge us to use some different parts of our brain and bodies that we might not typically use in, in some of these processes. And I think, you know, typically, especially maybe from kind of a modern Western American type thinking, we, we want to have these kind of linear steps and processes of, of overcoming fear and getting paper and pen out to draw my monster may not typically be part of that. <laughs> 
And so I'm, I'm curious, are these things that you have adapted from elsewhere? Are these things that you've come up with in personal experience? Or how did you kind of come to some of this action plan? Well, the writing part of it, I got directly out of, out of a research paper I read um, uh, about uh, a professor in Texas. I can't remember if it was Houston, University of Houston or the University of Texas, who was interested that people in in his private practice who kept journals tended to do better overall than the ones who did not. And so he thought, is there something about journaling that's about their personality or is it the journaling itself that is helpful to people? Mm. So he began to apply the journaling idea to trauma. Uh, people he knew who had had really um, traumatic experiences. And, um, and so th- this was kind of just the simple plan he came up with. And I thought, well, this is genius. <laughs> this, this only takes a willingness and a, and a piece of paper and a pen and, you know, you go for it. The thing he found is it needs to be done more than once. You can do it one time and feel some relief, but the brain needs the repetition. It's like anything that you learn, repetition is necessary. And that's also the same thing about using the scriptures, positive affirmations. It's the repetition that makes the difference. Reading through a scripture about uh, God telling you to fear not one time is probably not going to have much effect. But if you read that scripture every day, if you write it out every day, if you have a card posted at various places in your house with that scripture on it, over time, it will change your brain. Mm-hmm. And um, I think all of these things are low-tech, low-cost kind of ways to help ourselves. And so I was, when I really got into this, I got very excited about it because I thought these are things anybody can do. And they can, (laughs) you know, we can do them as a group. We can do them by ourselves. Um, But they're they're just so available. And I thought we... But first, we have to admit, okay, there is fear there. That's step one. You know, this is like an AA meeting. (laughs) Step one, admit I have a problem. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I think going with that, the the important other component of that is is realizing that I'm going to have to pursue new habits or disciplines in order to address that. And it can't just be... um, you know, I, I okay, I recognize this is a problem. When it comes up next time, I'll handle it differently or something like that. But what am I pursuing to achieve a different result going forward? Um, and and so, yeah, doing, doing things that will help produce more healthy neurological pathways and, and, and things like that as I as I try to, to recognize some of these things in my life that I want to be different are, are certainly important. And and. I want to put a plug in here because we'll wrap up this conversation here in just a second. 
but on our Zoom, we, we have a weekly Zoom gathering every, every Wednesday. And, and so if you're interested in some of this conversation or you want to kind of engage some of this uh, in, in a group form, we hope that you'll come join us on Wednesday at 6.30. Marcia will, will, will be a part of that as, as we kind of engage some of this uh, in group form and, and talk some more about this, engage some of this action plan in sort of uh, interactive ways. And so I hope you'll come join us for that. And then I actually think, I think this will fit in very well with where we're going to go Sunday for our, for the sermon, for our upcoming worship service on sermon. My, my sermon for Sunday is tentatively called The Selfishness of Fear. Um, and we're going to be looking at some more of, of Abraham's story, actually. I decided to stay with Abraham and, and look at some of why, why do we repeat the same mistakes over and over again and I think part of it is is this idea of not pursuing different and healthy habits and and practices and disciplines, and and if we only rely on what I've done or what I've achieved so far, yeah, I'm probably going to keep having the same struggles, keep not doing the things that I know I need to be doing, but but haven't done yet, as you said earlier, Marcia. Like I need to be reading my Bible more or praying more, but I'm but I'm not. Well, why not? Well, we haven't probably, you know, pursued it with intentionality and purpose and creating a habit that allows us to do that. We haven't created those those new neurological pathways for for that practice or activity. And so I think there's going to be some connection between some other things that we're going to do this week. And so uh, so thank you, Marcia, for, for fleshing that part out. The last question I'll ask you is that, so you kind of expressed that about the, the writing portion of it. What about the portion of, of, of drawing my monster? And that may be, as you said, for many reasons, the part of this action plan that's intimidating to the most people is, what do you mean I've got to draw my monster? I don't even know where I would begin <laughs> with that. What does a monster look like? Can you give me a picture of one that I can draw and then I'll do it? <laughs> um, so where did you come up with that? Where did that idea come from? Well, this is, this is this You have to understand, as an undergraduate, I was a science major. And I just sort of never got over it, um, even though I went on uh, to be a, um, a social worker and to do counseling. Um, I love those science-based uh, things that come along that, to me, really inform. And uh, and you can say, boy, this this does make a difference. Well, this is um, this is an an art therapy. Uh, thing to exercise that get at gets at what you're not aware of and it's not easy sometimes to say people you say well what are you afraid of well I sort of then somebody might get sick and maybe this and the economics that you know and we 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 can't seem to pin it down mm-hmm. uh we can't get our hands on it and grapple with it. It's unseen. And if you ask a kid to draw a monster, they have no problem at all. And one of the things to keep in mind is if you draw a monster, you don't have to marry that monster. You don't have to stay with it for the rest of your life. You can say, well, maybe this is doesn't exactly express it. So draw another one. And the thing of it is, it just gets it on the outside of you so you can get a look at it and you can uh, say, yeah, this fear is affecting me in all these ways. So it is real. 
and I can make up something. I can use my imagination and and get this fear out there where I can see it, so to speak. Yeah. And, and so it's it's a matter of courage. It's just a matter of courage to put the pencil on the paper and make a mark. And if all you do is draw a jagged line and say, this is my monster, you've had a breakthrough. Well, Marcia, thank you for helping encourage us to illuminate our monsters. And thank <laughs> you for encouraging us to self-expression and, and, and to try to be self-aware. And I'm looking forward to to continuing these weekly conversations and, and curious to see where they'll go and, and excited about continuing this and, and, and learning as we go. And uh, I think it's going to be uh, an engaging and, and informative and insightful series. So thank you for doing it for us and, and thanks for your insights today. Yes, I've, I've enjoyed the conversation. So, so we hope you'll join us Wednesday if you're able to, and uh, we'll, we'll keep this conversation going over the, the next several weeks. Uh, thank you, Marcia and Jason. Jason, will you close us out in, in prayer for our time today? Sure, absolutely. Heavenly Father, we are being thrown into a uncertain territory and, and uh, uncertain waters at this point in our life. And God, uh, for many of us, that provokes fear and it provokes uh, apprehension uh, the illusion of control that we may live under uh, is has been thrown thrown bare, and God, we ask for your comfort, for your peace. Um, help us to use this time as a way to uh, revel in your control and revel in the the power and the significance that you give to. Um, to our lives. Um, help us to remember that no matter how uncertain and how un, uh, unsure that things may be, uh, and no matter what problems we may encounter along the way, that you are ultimately in control, um, that you guide us, that you guard us, and that you direct us all the days of our life, uh, both during times like this and times when we are able to live in the illusion that we are in control. Uh, give us peace and uh, give us the humility to turn to you, not only in this time, but always. And it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. Amen. Amen.